everyone. I'm Natty G. Welcome to Soul Confessions. With me is my co-host and bestie, Hezzy D. We plan to speak with athletes about their lives, where they come from, how they got to where they are today. We don't want their training plans necessarily. What we want are the stories. We want to know what happened during the training plan. We want to hear the good the bad, the great, the painful. We're not necessarily here to crack codes. We want to hear about the journey. We hope that you enjoy listening to these stories as much as we do. So, Heather. Yes. What is your first, your best, deepest, darkest soul confession? Which one of those do you want? because i think they're different you do how are they different deepest wait you said best first deepest darkest soul confession yeah (laughs) so i i ran i think my best is i signed up for a 50 miler and i signed up for a training program and then i didn't do it and i went out and i ran 50 miles (laughs) and it was fine i got one blister yeah, but you're one of those weirdos that can do that kind of stuff. I you're, guess so. <laughs> you're special. I'm special, all right. <laughs> well, how, like, what did you run up to leading up to your 50? Um, so the 50 was the first week in December. I had a pretty good summer. Um, I was running six miles twice a week, and then we were running, like, 13 miles on Saturday. So, like, 25 miles a week. And I did a two-person relay that I ended up running 26 miles on the road, which I was pretty sore from. Oh, I remember that. You wore a tutu. I did. I often do. And then that was back in late July, I think. And that was pretty much my long run uh, for my 50 in December. I mean, that's... Oh. (laughs) That's a bit of a gap. A little time gap. So I had a a long taper. And um, I just... (laughs) Taper... I went out and I ran it. So I, full disclosure, I ran 37 miles of it. And then I hobbled 13 miles of it. But you only ended up with one blister? One blister. That I got at mile eight. I mean, I'd say that's pretty impressive. I was pleased with it. And I could walk again almost the next day. I rode my horse the next day and I had to, this is potty talk. Um, I had to go pee. I was on my horse. I had to go pee. And my dog needed water so I lowered myself carefully off of my horse who's quite tall and was trying to squat to pee and I almost fell into a cactus (laughs) so then I was like trying to hold my stirrup to like balance myself on the ground see if I could squat over to pee and I ended up just peeing standing up all down your leg no I managed to not pee on myself but it wasn't squatting and it was in the middle of the trail so if somebody would have come around the corner they would have seen something really awkward (laughs) oh yeah well I don't know I I've never really had anyone catch me peeing I did have someone walk with me once when I said I had to pee and she was like oh cool I'll come with you and I was like what like who does that and she did she came with me to go pee and then she peed too. We peed like two feet from each other. Have you ever done that to somebody? I mean, in a bar. <laughs> no, this was, we were doing trail maintenance. Maybe she was drunk. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. 
But what's your deepest, first, best, deepest, darkest? Uh, well, I don't know. My favorite story is a poop story, of course, where I was running in Olympia, Washington, and I was training for a marathon. And um, I got to mile 15, and my stomach turned, and I was in this neighborhood where, you know, people have like three acres. And so I was considering pooping in someone's bush. Like it seemed like a good quality option. And then I remembered there was a gas station, maybe a half mile up the road. And so I thought, well, let me try to get to the gas station. And so I ran to the gas station. Well, I was more like, like, I don't know, squeeze walking. Cause you know, I call it so, a poop walk. Poop, I was poop walking. Yeah. And I get to the gas station. The, as soon as I got to the door, it just said no public restroom. And so I went inside and begged. And even the guy behind me in line was like, dude, come on, she's got to go. And the guy was just like, nope, sorry, no bathroom. Back out onto the road and continued my poop walk. And at this point, I was, I was, it was dire. It was bad. I saw a purple double wide church and I just was like, yes. And the parking lot was full. And so I walked into the church and I could hear like them singing and I just went for the bathroom and found it and I praised Jesus in that moment. <laughs> Church of the long run. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Heather. How's it going? <laughs> um, so, you know, I was thinking how lucky we are sitting here in Tucson and it's like, what, how hot was it today? Like 65? Yeah. And all of my friends back in Vermont are just freezing cold. And we talked to Donna today. We've got this great interview for everybody to listen to. And it was like negative 24. Did she, was it negative 24, negative 14? Well, it was negative because she went for a run in the morning and it was negative 14, but had gotten down negative 24 that night and it had warmed up to negative 14. I can't even, I can't, I can't even fathom that. I that's so I beyond even, my fathoming. Like to run in that is just amazing. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you something. It was um 38, I believe, when I ran this morning at 7:30, and I had my thick fleece winter tights on and a thick fleece jacket, <laughs> and I had gloves on. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I waited until just now to go for a run. And um, I am sweaty from head to toe because it was yeah. quite warm and yeah. the sun well, was 65. eating yeah. down on me. So now that everyone in Vermont is jealous, I am super stoked to introduce Donna Smyers. She's a rock star. She is a rock star. And, you know, I was really thinking about how she ta- told us about her setting that race course. The, was it the uh, bike portion of Lake Placid Placid. and it didn't get it didn't get broken for five years yeah that's so awesome Donna hi (laughs) hi how are things in Vermont they've been a little frigid right um this morning we had our CVR winter group run and where we started it was minus 14 that's not wind chill that's real (laughs) 
<laughs> and I usually have a rule that I uh, don't run under zero, but I had to, it was sunny and there wasn't any wind and. How, just, um, what, what do you wear when it's that cold? Uh, I have everything. lots of layers. I mean, that's why it's so slow. Cause when you've got tights with lined wind pants on top of them and two pairs of socks and I have a light shirt and a medium zip tee and a kind of double layer windbreaker. And then you just work face mask. You... I, I oh, have yeah. uh, ski mittens with hand warmers in them. Um, yeah, down. Ski I feel mittens. like when it's that cold, though, the hand warmers don't even work. In a, in a winter ski mitten, they do. You know, you're talking a big puffy down mitten. Yeah. Um, and my thumbs don't stay in the thumb holes ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. Um, with, is it snowy right Is it snowy right now? Or icy? No, it was just really cold. clear. When it's this cold, it's really clear. It was very sunny. How how much slower per mile do you find that being that dressed in that cold? How much slower per mile are you usually? It's hard to run? tell because this was a ridiculously hard course. Like we had a mile that was kind of flat. And then we went up 600 feet oh. in the next mile and, yeah. um, and, and we were running kind of together, but I would guess it's at least 30 seconds a mile when you're just doing an easy run and yeah. it could be a minute, you know, but certainly at least 30 seconds a mile slower when it's this cold and you just have to plan on it. Cause you know, we're running on dirt roads that have been plowed. So it could be slippery, except for the fact that when it's minus 10 or 15, ice is not slippery. Um, <laughs> it's squeaky. <laughs> I mean, it's like nobody slipped at all because it was just squeaky, yeah. snowy ice. Um, although one person, Manny, wore uh, his grippers, but nobody else did because it was just not slippery at all going up. But it was like definitely uh, a guy named Roly Brucken hosted the run and uh and there were only i think five or six of us there yeah so and uh, how many are there normally we've had like 25 on the nicer days uh i think we had 25 for the one in adamant and close to that for the first one in montpelier that was just out and back on fun run course so yeah. uh, so it looked like really great attendance. But then actually last Saturday was the first Saturday. Well, I, it wasn't necessarily the first. The first one I recall that was canceled just because the weather conditions. It wasn't like because of bad driving or anything. It was it was 20. It was, I think, 15 yeah. to 20 below. With yeah. Really negative bad 20. Wind, so you know? it was negative 24 at my house this morning. Yeah. Um, and By the time we ran, it had warmed up some. So you keep track? Well, so we had an incident last night. We have renters, and um, a renter called us at, you know, 9 o'clock last night, and she had just gotten home from work, and there was no heat. The house was cold. Yeah. So we were dealing with that. Well, she flipped the switch, and I guess the fuse had popped for some reason. Um and so she flipped the switch and the heat came back on. But our neighbors just up the hill from us, uh, their furnace broke last night. It's like the worst time to lose yeah. your heat is when it's yeah. negative dead. 
outside. Yeah, we had the work done on our furnace um, uh, just before the cold because we had a little problem where it was um, we have an oil furnace and it was smelling in our house, <laughs> which is not good. Ooh. And that's uh, not luckily, good. Yeah, luckily we have some backup propane propane wood stoves. We call them. They they look like wood stoves with their propane. And yeah. so we, but they would not have kept the whole house reasonably warm when it was minus 15, I don't think, you know. Right. Yeah. But, um, but at least we, we, we didn't have to have the heat on when it was cold and we got it fixed before the below zero. Yeah. Up. So you haven't always lived in Vermont, right? You right. moved to Vermont. Right. I, I mostly grew up in Connecticut and I was born in Pennsylvania and went to first, second and third grade in Ohio. But then from fourth grade on, I was in a suburb of Hartford. Um, okay. And, and so you moved to Vermont and how old were you when you moved to Vermont? So I went to college at Dartmouth and, okay. and realized I wanted to not be where there's so many people. But I actually got a job at IBM in Essex Junction because I was an engineer then. And so I worked there for almost 10 years and then uh, moved away as I got as I changed careers and did other things with my partner at the time. And then I moved back to Vermont in 96. So I was in Chittenden County from 1979 to 1988. I moved back in 96, so I was gone for like seven years. Okay. I, I definitely was intending to come back when I moved away. When did running come into your into your world? Or I, I know you do more than running. You you right. run, you bike, you're Iron Man. So like when did this bug well, start wait, for you? Wait, first I want to know what you consider yourself. Do you consider yourself a runner? Or do you consider yourself a triathlete? Or like, what do you consider yourself? I pretty much consider myself a triathlete, but I, I compete a lot in running races and run it, and participate with running clubs. And so I consider myself a runner that way um, because, you know, some triathletes just don't do running races. And I do running races, you know, whenever I can fit them in around triathlon. And triathlon is very short here. <laughs> so, so, um, but so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say my primary sport is triathlon, but running is probably my most important social sport um, because you just triathletes aren't that social. <laughs> nope. No, that's right. There's the three of us are triathletes. I know, yeah. Yeah. And I do it because it feeds this like squirrel that lives in my head that needs structure, which uh -huh. makes no sense. But I love running because it is something that can be done that's social. Right. Because even but So what did you do first? Well, I was um, a gymnast <laughs> in high school and college because pre-Title IX, you weren't even allowed to be on our track team or cross-country team or anything. I, I didn't even know I was a runner. I mean girls didn't run. And um, at the only two sports, well, I think there were three sports you could get a varsity letter in at my high school if you were a female. And that was gymnastics, tennis, and cheerleading. 
and I did cheerleading and gymnastics to get my varsity letters. And so that's <laughs> what I thought I was good at going, but I knew I was a bad gymnast because I was uh, a heavy gymnast in college. And I, I, I also have no fast twitch muscles, which I didn't discover until that's when I kind of figured out running is I always liked to bike and I started running a little to lose weight. But then in the late 80s, um, some of my friends were doing a couple races and I, I did one or two and I saw the Vermont City Marathon being advertised for its first year. So in 89, I did my first marathon and I wasn't a runner then. I mean, I was totally just like, oh, I've always wanted to do a marathon. And so I, I did it. How um, did it go? How really did it yeah. go? Yeah. Much till 91. And then I joined Hartford Track Club and, um, and and my sister by then was a professional triathlete. So at that point, running and triathlon had totally entered our family. Um, you know, my brothers and sisters and father had all done triathlons. And, wow. How, um, how so, did that first marathon Yeah, go? the first marathon. Did you train for it or were you like, I'm going to go run a marathon? No, absolutely. I started in, I saw the, I saw the flyer while I was Christmas shopping. And so I thought, wow, this is the first time I've ever seen a marathon I want to do where I actually have time to get in shape to do it. And I was taking a phys ed course at UVM that semester. I'd already quit IBM to figure out what I wanted to do. And it was a kinesiology class and we had to do a class project. And I asked him if I could document training for my first marathon as my class project. And you know, I only made it up to one 18 mile long run, but I mean, I was starting from nothing, you know, three mile runs in January. And just kind of, I didn't look up any programs. I kind of asked my sister a little bit because she'd run, um, she'd run some good marathons. And, um, and so then I just kind of worked up and I, I, you know, I was younger and resilient. And the only thing that really set me back was when I sprained an ankle and had to take a week off. But that was part <laughs> of the reason I only got up to, I, I only got up to 18 miles. And then I actually ran okay because I am such a slow twitch person. And, um, but I sat down afterwards and um, couldn't walk when I got up, <laughs> like they had picnic and food. And I was so tired. Cause I, I just, I actually did a three thirty nine or three thirty eight something, you know, so it, awesome. was a, it was a good time. It was, you know, beyond what I had thought I could do when I started training, but I sat down and my one sister was there, not the triathlete, and my boyfriend at the time was there, and they brought me some food, and a half hour later, I truly could not walk at all. <laughs> my legs had seized up so badly, because I was very undertrained, and it, it was it was a lot of pain the next few days, <laughs> but no injury. It was just I'd beat the crap out of myself, because I really couldn't, um, I, had, I didn't have any base. Now it's easier because, you know, you've got a certain base. I, I try to run 20 miles a week all year just to keep the running ability. You can do a lot. You can do a lot off of 20 miles a week, I'm finding. Right. I mean, yeah. you, you might do that for injury purposes. You might do it because you're busy. But if you've got 20 miles a week, you can do certainly up to Olympic distance triathlons and you can run 5Ks and 10Ks. 
and, and 50 milers too in fact <laughs> i don't do that i would you're younger i would be yeah. hurt <laughs> it's actually less painful interestingly than a marathon i found right well afterwards that's the same thing with iron man and yeah. it's partly because it, you're going so much slower yeah exactly yeah, yeah. 12 minute listening- miles instead of eight what's the biggest change you've made in your life that uh, has made a, a big difference in your performance? I, 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 there's always so many fads, you know, things come and go. And what, what, what things has stuck with you that has made a big difference? Well, I think what made a huge difference for me that I've pretty much stuck with is joining the running club and, and racing, you know, running and racing with them a lot. Um, like more like, regularly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like when I moved to Connecticut, I thought I'd never run less than like a 10 minute mile and within, or, you know, maybe eight. And then, but, but within six months of running with these fast people and racing almost every weekend, cause that's what they did. Um, yeah. I was like, wow, I can run six minute miles. <laughs> that lasted for like a year. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, then I started getting old again. (laughs) And and that's, you know, same thing. As soon as I moved to Vermont, it was like, okay, join a running club. And so I Vermont sports. um, Have you have you seen the magazine Vermont sports? Yeah, yeah, it it was called Vermont sports today then and it was pre internet and I just pulled it out and there was in the back there was a little list of contacts and one was CVR. And, uh, and I, I called the phone number cause that's what we had, of course, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and got hooked up with a bunch of runners. And I think that's like both in Hartford and here it's, it's running with people. And that was in 96 when 96 you, was when I 96. came here and I okay. looked up CVR. And so, so central Vermont runners has been around for a long time. Um, I think this was our 40th year. Yeah, yeah, it was 80 because I was president when we had our 25th celebration and that was 2005. Okay. And so, yeah, so this was the 2020 was the 40th year. Is is there any, are there any original members still around? Yes, um, definitely. Um, The, what the woman that I, uh, times our fun runs that is uh, 90 one and her license plate is CVR2 because she was the second president of CVR. So we <laughs> were awesome. we had females early involved. Um, and also uh, one other guy, Bob Murphy, who is 82. Yeah, he just turned 82 and he was definitely an original member. And, and there are a few who were there almost from the beginning, but those two I know were founding members. Crazy, That's awesome, and, yeah. Um, Bob, you said is he still running? Yes, uh, actually, I still run with him. He doesn't run that slow. <laughs> he, <laughs> he he runs. Uh, he still can race sub ten minute miles. Yeah. Um, in his five. He did. He days. did the uh, fallen, uh, not fallen leaves. What was the? Yeah, fallen leaves the, race the five series? Days, But he, I think he got a little hurt. He gets a lot of injuries. Um, and then comes because he won't do anything but run. But you know, back <laughs> in the day, he did. I think he did a 240 marathon back in the 80s. 
when he was in his 40s because that's when he started um what is like one race what's the race that you're most proud of I, i was trying to think about that and um probably the ironman lake placid in 2000 um it was the second year they had it and uh i was racing amateur as I always do because I would never win money as pro and I ended up being fourth woman overall so I would have actually won money and I set the bike course record and it wasn't broken by the pro women for like five years (laughs) and so that was kind of phenomenal now it's been you know smashed but back then that was kind of a big deal because it was way beyond where I uh what I had accomplished in terms of relation to other people and pros was your was your like was it a massive pr or um well i had done one ironman faster than that on martha's vineyard but it was a much easier course so in in 94 i won the only time they had the martha's vineyard ironman and i did a 1001 but then in lake placid I, i think i did it 1009 maybe so it was very close and it was a way harder much harder you're gonna do lake placid this year right i just did it you just did it yeah that's right i was um an hour and well i was almost 1009 yeah i was about almost two and a half hours slower than i was in 2000 and an hour and 50 minutes slower than i was in 2010 (laughs) <laughs> so so the people who are listening so they they know how old are you i'm 64 64 do you keep track of everything like do you know how many ironmans you've done how many marathons you've run well i haven't done that many marathons in ironman and i do have them in a spreadsheet um the other <laughs> triathlons i don't have like all the you know, all the smaller ones. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, people are like, how many triathlons have you done? And I have no idea, you know. Yeah. Um, I Once some day they were trying, well, come up with a number. And I'm like, well, I usually do between four and eight a year. And I've been doing it for 30 years. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if we say six times 30, I've probably done two, over 200. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And it depends yeah. which ones you count, because when I lived in Connecticut, they had a weekly one on Tuesdays that I did every week. You know, do you count that? So, sure. There was a sprint. <laughs> <laughs> Keep all of my my plates, um, my bib plates. Oh, do you? And all of my medals. I have a fairly good idea. Yeah. But um, some of the stuff, like, I have where I'll keep like a jersey. So early on, I would keep one thing. I would keep a jersey or I'd keep the medal or I'd keep the plate. And so I, I'm not 100% sure, but it's a lot. My, my plate, my bib stack is, you know. Right. Yeah. Thick. I mean, that would have been a fun thing to start. But once you've thrown out, you know, 100 of them. And you keep they're them all, they're gross. Yeah. It's, and you keep them Especially in the marathons. Running and biking and triathlon keep three different stacks yeah <laughs> do you do you have three different stacks natty uh no but they are in order okay. uh, when you did them yeah so i organized them this summer <laughs> do you and um I, a lot of my number of plates i guess i've done a lot of 
produced triathlons and so it's like you get a number and it doesn't even have the name of the triathlon on it so do right. you write those on there in sharpie so that's where i've made some mistakes where i have the bib and it's just a bib bib number 13 it's like oh okay but facebook does this awesome um memory thing where it'll be like oh this day this year so a couple of times i've had photographs pop up on facebook and i'll see the bit and i'm like oh so then i get the date i get the race and i'm able to write it down on the back right eric always wrote his for his marathons he had the date and the time on each bib we had each of those but i've i I throw out all my bibs. Actually, some of them I save as potential reuse in low-key races. Yeah. Um, and and we did. I mean, I have done that. But like in my Elmore tries, I don't even give people a number. You know, I, we just write it on them. I've been re- known to reuse a world's number for like a bro race in our forest where it's not even <laughs> a race. But I'm like, I'm wearing my number plate. <laughs> <laughs> well... When uh, we had one race with a guy that Central Vermont Runners put on, and he raced this big stink that we did not get his time. And um, and we said, you know, well, if you did it, you abandoned it because we did not have you, you know, your number didn't, you, you crossed his number 48 number 48 was not an assigned bib and it turned out that he actually had registered and he wore an old bib accidentally oh <laughs> accidentally <laughs> oh well that dovetails nicely into um what has been your most embarrassing moment well, i training racing or i guess one kind of dumb thing well, the one I'm willing to admit to that I'm astounded <laughs> that didn't get a picture was at the 2014 uh, 70.3 Worlds in Mont-Tremblant. I was totally being chased down on the run by what I thought was two people, because one was right behind me at six miles from the finish at the turnaround, and the other one was further back, but she was gaining on me really fast, because I knew from the other turnarounds. And so I was just like killing myself to get to the finish before they passed me. And um, you come down these cobblestone, like downhill, and I'm killing myself to get down. And then right at the end, they have the little, you know, carpeted arch you go across to <laughs> run under. The, and I tripped and fell on my face before but I across the line. No. Or before, oh. Right in front of it, like <laughs> five feet before the finish of the Did line. Boom, fingers right at least cross <laughs> and uh, so I looked back and they weren't there so I did stand up to get across instead of crawling across <laughs> but that was that was uh like if there'd been video of that that would have been much more embarrassing but nobody's I, you'd think that with the finish line cameras somebody would have gotten that and Somewhere, I never saw because yeah. I looked because I thought oh my god that was so bad it's got to show up somewhere <laughs> And, um, but it was just that little tiny lip, you know, they have the little carpet, you know, strip and it probably for the wires or something, you know, but it was just, you know, it couldn't have been a half inch, but that's how much I was picking up my feet by then. And, 
Um, and then, and then there was one other time that I probably shouldn't admit to in <laughs> Iron Man in Hawaii, where um, kind of felt like I should make a portalette stop, but I was sort of trying to delay it, trying to delay it. And then I was putting ice down my bra top and putting ice down my shirt. And then I put some ice down my shorts. And then I kept running. I thought, wow, the ice numbed me up. I don't have to go anymore. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was past the finish line and I started looking around saying, why does it smell like shit? <laughs> And uh, oh. so I had apparently run in with poop down my legs and had no idea. And nobody really said anything then either. So I don't know whether people don't notice, um, <laughs> but I think people do notice. I so I the Maybe marathon was embarrassed to say anything. The most recent marathon, the um, Central Vermont City Bank, yeah. yeah. Um, I was doing relay this year and um it was actually one of those deferred 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 from right. the start of 2019 or from uh we paid in 2019 yeah. and then it got deferred right. but um there was a guy who had definitely pooped his pants and my friend Stacy and I we were running it together and we just kind of went to the other <laughs> side and <laughs> I mean nobody's going to come up to you and be like hey yeah, pooped yourself. <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should have some rule though where we could be like we need a certain signal that you can be like, hey, you know check you yourself, did. buddy. I, I think <laughs> most people know they did, but it was the ice. I yeah. had totally numbed everything and didn't even know that I'd lost it. <laughs> I mean, that was just so bizarre. I, I mean, I've I've stopped putting ice down my pants for <laughs> Well, the next I, time I did Hawaii, I stopped, self. The, I stopped at the portalette three times on the run, just in case. <laughs> I I did a half Ironman I, at one point where um, it was on a bike path. And, you know, sometimes their like roots have bumped the bike path up. And this is goes back to this is pre poop. This is going back to your tripping. The and they had spray painted. Yeah, they'd spray painted the um, the cracks in the sidewalk. And I'm an ex-Terra or ex-Terra triathlete. So I was like, these roadie fools, they can't even, they have to spray paint the roots in this. And then I tripped. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I should well, that's what you do when you're not paying attention. <laughs> it's, well, or tired or you, like you said, shuffling yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Triathletes are shufflers. Yep. Right. I've had some good yard sales. My yard sales are usually trail running. I just had like, as soon as my legs are tired, if I'm not consciously thinking about picking up my heels, I will trip. Right. And I was, I was leading um, the, the trail club this summer. Um, it had like a set amount of dates and then the date ended. And then I was sort of like, well, I'm still going to be running on Saturdays. And so we kind of continued it. Right. And um, so I was leading the group down at Millstone because a lot of people don't run at Millstone and it's like right. spaghetti in there. And so I was in front and I tripped on a piece of granite. There's like big oh, chunks of granite yeah. in there. And I, I flew 
and my hands landed on granite and it's the first time I've ever scraped my hands. Like yeah. usually it's just my knees. I'm usually good at tucking, but just to, yeah. it happens so quick when when something like that catches your foot. But what I found is the slower I run, the less I fall on my face when I trip a little. It's like <laughs> my toe gets caught and my body isn't going forward fast enough to land on my face. I catch myself now. Whereas yeah. I say, you know, you you'd be you have this momentum going and it's now it's like, huh. No, I don't strain my hand, you know, or you'd strain your hamstring trying to take those running steps. And it's yeah. Like, this doesn't happen anymore. Or jam your hip. I've done that too. Yeah. Oh, when the you're, trip. Yeah. You're yeah. So Hez and I ran a couple weeks ago now. We were doing um, Agua Caliente. It's like 3,000 foot climb to the top. And early on in the run, I tripped. We were kind of at a little bit of a downhill angle but my it whole flat it just felt downhill yeah my whole body just like flung forward and I actually tore some muscle fibers in my quad oh yeah that can happen yeah and it, it I I knew that it was a bad trip like when it happened I was like whoa that was jarring I, mean, I, I know one guy who like tore his quad tendon Tripping? You, know, you can rupture it. Did he trip? Was it from tripping? No, I don't know if it was a trip or a slip. Oh. But well, it was so. running on trails and he he had to have surgery. You know, it's oh I don't think his was quite as bad as mine. Mine I he managed to hobble out. I wouldn't have been able to hobble anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your worst injury now that we're on injuries? Oh. Well, I, the most traumatic one absolutely was the quad tendon rupture. Um, I, I, I just had some like vague knee soreness over the summer, but I just couldn't figure out why I was getting weaker and getting weaker. And it was just a degenerative thing because at the end of the season, I mean, I'd already done Ironman and I was just building back up and had just done a 12 mile run. And then the next day or so, I went out for a run in the evening and I rolled my left ankle on a pebble and landed on the ground. And while I was on the ground thinking, yeah, I think my ankle's fine. I think it's fine. I went and got up and, and I was like, huh, that's weird. And I rubbed it and tried to put weight on it and it buckled again. And, uh, and I was able to like hold it straight with my hand locked and hobble to where I could get help. But, um, but that that was six weeks in a straight leg brace after surgery, and so that oh. was that was the most traumatic thing. That was the only real surgical thing I think. But the other thing that took me out longer was osteitis pubis, and so I had I had osteitis pubis in two thousand five to six, and that's like an inflammation of your pubic bones and the ligaments in between them, and yeah. that is six months of not running it, you know it was six months of not running for me overused do they think or is it yeah i think you know i i think it was definitely some overuse with it's it's always a whole bunch of things um yeah. but it was like i'd i'd had a hard season and i was planning on running a marathon in january you know i'd done i'd done ironman in october i went to was gonna do bermuda in january 
in between I fell and kind of cracked a rib. So I didn't run for a few weeks, but then I got better in time to run a marathon. And then I started running on really bad slippery surfaces. And I think my pelvis was out of whack, you know, like just not functioning right with you. You get your pubes misaligned and your sacrum misaligned things that usually fix on people. (laughs) And, uh, and then I kept running because I kind of could, and it just got worse and worse and worse. I limped through 2005, and then I was supposed to do the Reach the Beach relay that fall, which meant at running more than twice a week because I had to run four times that day. <laughs> and uh, and so I tried running twice in one day. I was like, I can't do this. And that was September, and I didn't run again until um, end of March. Did you do any surgery that time or just... No, I did get it. I got P, uh, prolotherapy. It was kind of pre-PRP, the, you know, the platelets that people get injected. Mm-hmm. To um, At that time, they just in, I, there was a guy who injected sugar water into ligaments to tighten them up because I was basically the x-ray showed my pubic bone separating because the ligaments Ooh. had just gotten weak and loose. And you could, wow. and the MRI just showed inflammation deep in the bone, like edema and a stress fracture. It was just white, um, very inflamed bone. And so I went to the guy that did prolotherapy, and I think that did really help because I've seen X-rays since then, and it's definitely shrunk up. Like I, I'm not all separated and unstable anymore because um, it was just so unstable at the time. And, uh, and so that was that was a very good help. And, and then he helped me again um, 10 years later when my second quad tendon was about to rupture like the first one. And I went to him and he he needled out all the calcium chunks and did PRP in the tendon and it grew back. Oh, that's intense. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of very good diagnostic ultrasound with PRP. So uh, I know you're a physical therapist. This is your, your second life is physical therapy. Yeah, right. Um, do you do dry needling? No, I took one course in it and never really bought the stuff and never embraced it. So I'd have to definitely do more training if I was going to do it, but people love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The more people do it, the more people who aren't necessarily as skilled might try it. Or people go wild and they needle everything. And if you don't understand acupuncture and you're needling people everywhere, you could like screw up some acupuncture stuff. You should know what sites you're hitting. And that's why I didn't really embrace it was I thought, I really want to know what I'm doing. If I do this, I don't want to just stick needles in people. Right, right. I only had the dry needling done once and it was on a hamstring and I really think it helped. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I've never had it done. I've, I had acupuncture done once and for migraines and they stuck needles in the bottom of my feet. And I just thought, Hey, I'm never doing this again. And I haven't. <laughs> and it didn't cure your migraines. No, it didn't. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so much for spending this time it's, with us. It's really, really good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you too. It's awesome to get to know you better. And, I wish I was um, in your hot spot. 
Well, you're welcome to come visit. <laughs> you can come visit us. We <laughs> lovely meeting you. Yeah, good to meet you. I, if you come out this way sometime in the yeah, summer sure. when it's nice. Yeah, yeah. I, for <laughs> sure. Well, and you're, I mean, you're inspiration. So I, you know, you, you hear people, I, you hear people say, oh, I have friends in their 40s and they're like, oh, I'm getting too old. You're no. <laughs> oh man, if you do the like, I mean, if you go to nationals and worlds and stuff, I mean, there's women in their 80s doing them, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and there were, I don't know if there was anybody in their 90s, but I think there was a guy in his 90s. Hey, there's a guy in his 90s. He was 98 the last time he ran up. Um, and he couldn't make it last year when he was a hundred because he had another, I think he had an injury or something, but he was still around at a hundred. <laughs> he wanted to that's do awesome. it. Just yeah. keep moving. Yeah. Keep moving. Yep. That's the answer. Keep moving. <laughs> yep. I like it. That's the title. Just yep. keep moving. Just keep moving. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, All right, yeah. guys. That's it. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.